0: If they're gonna use that term. And it's not really what happened. You just bought a couple of years of his arbitration, but the pirates are trying to tell you they extended Brian Reynolds. What do you think about that one,
1: bud? They're just following the hashtag. I mean everybody was putting out their extend Reynolds, and I mean technically by the the letter of the law, it is an extension no, it because you know, no, it's under arbitration. No. But it's not dude, it's not it's not an extension. It's it's a Basically, we were a little bit low this year. Bob Nutting, actually, we we brought it up last week, felt bad to a degree and said, why are we taking our best player to arbitration? So it's like saying, okay, you wanted more this year, so take more this year, take a little bit less next year, split the difference, and maybe you would have gotten $15 million from us, but this time you're getting thirteen million. We're all happy right now, right?
0: Do you have any fear that by locking in what his salary is going to be not only for this year – but also for next year, that he becomes easier to trade because a team knows what he's going to cost? Does that make you nervous at all? Or because of the fact that they didn't do the whole four years, maybe I'm reading too much into it.
1: No, I think that it's, it's worth discussing because, I mean, it's not like that they have him for any more than they had him for, you know, Before he signed the extension. Like they had that team control for four years. Right. But a
0: team that acquires him knows what he's getting paid in 2023. Now they don't even have to worry about that while they're budgeting. That's, that's why I bring it up. I I don't think they're going to move him. In fact, I think this was a goodwill thing. I think you do this to kind of smooth things over. Like, Hey, guess what, buddy? We know you are upset that your buddy, Jacob Stallings got traded and we're really, really sorry about that. And then we kind of screwed up the whole arbitration thing and we don't want you to be angry, but look, We extended Cabrion Hayes. We're clearly trying to turn the corner here and we're going to make nice, nice. Like that's what I think happened, but I can see how you can worry about the other thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can definitely worry about it. I I've always said that, you know, I see like that. There's like a two year mark that if, if Brian Reynolds wouldn't be extended and this would be like, you would go to arbitrate, you would go to arbitration with him after the 2023 season that at that point in time, the trade starts becoming serious. If if you're not deeper into extension talks, especially with, you know, hey, guess what, Brian, we don't have to talk about arbitration next year. We could talk more about, you know, that extension that we were, you know, maybe tossing around uh, between us. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. But for me, it was like, okay, if we don't ever extend him, you know, and start buying out years of free agency, that you're looking at trying to get rid of him and get rid of him in, like, the the nicest of terms, but get something back for him when you still have some of those years of control, you still have, you know, some of those years as a, you know, a good player because, as we've all talked about, Brian Reynolds has, he came in, you know, not when he was, like, 21, 22. Like, he came in a little bit later on, you know, because he was a college-level player, and if there wasn't an injury... Uh, you know, to Starling Marte, and there wasn't an injury to to Eric Gonzalez. You know, we might have waited to see him even longer. So he's not super young. So I I always see this. I'm like, I still don't think they're gonna trade him like just yet. And I think it may bring in more bidders. I mean, that could be for sure. I mean, there's always been, you know, the Mariners have always been out there. The Marlins were out there. We we've heard about a bunch of teams that have been out there trying to get him. Uh, I believe the Padres. So it's, I think it'll bring possibly more bidders, but I, I think it's the nail on the head. It's, this was nicey, nicey. This was, you know, let's, let's get our, make our, our, our best player happy and, and see that we're moving in this, this new direction. Because as soon as it happened, everybody said it was going to be, you know, the, the, the foul and trial. And that's what the Pirates always do. And they just kind of wanted to do something different and not go into the season thinking, God, we actually have to sit down and talk about how, you know, our best player on our team, you know, two out of the past three years, like, like how bad he
0: is. The penny pincher in me also kind of sees that you front-loaded Cabrion Hayes and gave him $10 million a year for the first couple years. So now you've, you've reduced any possibility of a surprise, guess what Brian Reynolds is making in 2023 from occurring. Right? Yeah, like you, yeah you're staggering things when you have such a low payroll and such a strict budget, and you give yourself as much flexibility as possible. So it's really, really yeah. hard to be upset about what the pirates ended up doing. There were some interesting comments from Derek Shelton uh, about the pitching staff. Tell everybody who might not have heard it what he was talking about,
1: yeah. so uh Derek Shelton, like sat down with them like at the the pitching staff at the beginning of spring training. and, you know, went out there and basically said, you know, nobody needs to, you know, get too comfortable in a role. That, you know, everybody is kind of just an arm. It's just wherever we need you is where we would plug you in. And just because you're a starter now doesn't mean you'll always be a starter. Just because you're the closer doesn't mean you'll always be the closer. So it's like a very fluid uh, pitching staff and and the first thing I thought of, you know, when I heard this, and this has been something that's you know been brought up recently, I'd uh, written about by uh, Jason Mackey. I I read the the entire article was a you know, and I just said you know they went out and hired Dewey Robinson from the Rays this past year to be a special advisor to you know to the pitching staff, so he is kind of bringing in, like, what the Rays do. Like, the Rays had, like, those guys that were, like, you know, like a Blake Snell or something. that was like that that big-name pitcher, quote-unquote, but they kind of didn't care. They just used him for whatever they needed him for. It was very analytically driven. Uh, We've seen this already with Will Crow going to the bullpen, um, David Bednar being brought in, in in the seventh inning and and different types of stuff here, but it also means that for the guys that are starting now, like you, a lot of times you have your starting rotation. You're starting five at the beginning of the year, and you're looking for either horrible performance or injury or something to move them out of that. But it could even just be moving a guy into some spot to be the long reliever or something and seeing him fitting in better someplace else. So, not actually just moving on from them. Because a lot of times it's like, if unless a guy gets injured, he's not coming out of the rotation, and that's where the rotation changes happen. I, I think we could see something different because of that, and I think we already are seeing something different because of it. But before the show, Chris, I said that it, to me, was, yeah, we don't really have that great of a pitching staff. Do you know what I mean we don't have the starters. No. So we kind of so we kind of have to come up with something different. So if this was like you had two or three good starters and you were coming up with this idea to, you know, have these piggybacks and and openers and long relievers and 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 different stuff it's like no you're you're doing it out of necessity because you're realizing at least at this point in the season your your starters if if Jose Quintana is the best pitcher on your staff at his age, with what we were hopeful for from J T. Brubaker, especially Mitch Keller from the off season, with you know getting Bryce Wilson last year, trading uh, and getting Zach Thompson in 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 the Jacob Stallings deal, that you were hoping to see at least something in those first couple of games, and I know that you know Zach Thompson's going tonight, so you know. We won't be able to talk about what his second start looked like, but it it wasn't good for for anybody. I mean, you can't... I mean, people are trying to polish, you know, a turd and say, oh, there's stuff underlying for Keller, and you're waiting for that breakthrough. And it's like, man, you can't keep selling the same stuff you've been selling with him for the past, like, two or three years. Like, it has to happen or it doesn't. So, I mean, I feel like in a way, Chris, this can be good because you can discover, like, you know will crow might actually be a fairly decent reliever that you you know might see him as if people weren't happy and thinking that okay we got eddie yean and and will crow for josh bell you know if will crow stays as a fairly decent reliever for this year or whenever that's a trade piece and you could get somebody back and say hey yeah, we we might have, you know, kind of like didn't lose the deal, might have broke even a little bit, but we were able to build upon that and get something later on. Or you keep Will Crow around cuz he's still pretty young
0: and he becomes, you know, a part of your bullpen later on. I'm looking at the Pirates rotation and I'm laughing to myself as you're talking cuz I'm also fiddling around my fantasy baseball team here while we're sitting here. And and I I'm laughing because of the five starters right now in the rotation, Quintana, Wilson, Keller, Brubaker, and Zach Thompson. It's really obvious which one I believe in because I had the, the opportunity to acquire Mitch Keller this off season And I passed on the trade because I didn't think he was valuable enough to put on my dynasty fantasy baseball team. Cause I just don't think he's going to work out, or at least I don't have the confidence that he's going to work out. Like when gut check time came along, I was like, well, I hope he works out for the Pirates, but ugh, I'm not messing with my fantasy team by putting him in there and trading away another piece. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bryce Wilson. I don't even know if he's on a roster. I know Quintana's not even on a roster in our league. I know Brubaker's not on a roster in our league. I have Zach Thompson on my team and I went out and got him last year and he's like the one guy out of those five that yeah, you got bad results up and down. And I don't know what he's going to do on Monday night. We're recording before they actually play. So by the time you hear this, you might be laughing at me for saying this, but I really think that there's something there with him. I'm expecting him to be a decent pitcher. I'm expecting him to hang in there. I don't think he's going to be worked out of the rotation. I think there's a good chance one of those other names gets worked out of that rotation and Contreras comes in. He's only had two appearances and he's averaging two and a third. They're not, they're not making him like a, a one-inning relief pitcher by any stretch of the imagination, and he's going to work his way in there. And I think the thing you have to look for is which pitcher do you start seeing him come in and take three innings from? And if it happens a couple of starts in a row, eventually he's taking that start. They're just basically stretching him out behind Brubaker or stretching him out behind Wilson or stretching him out. I don't think they're going to move Keller out. I think he's going to stay in there if he's good or bad for the majority of the year because they got to figure it out one way or another with him, right? But I, I he's going to get in there behind somebody. He's going to start eating innings. He may become an opener. They may become his opener. But I, I'm really interested in that because I think he's the first guy into that rotation. I don't think he stays in the bullpen the whole year.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that, Chris. I, I think that right now you're going to see Keller starting. I think you're going to see Quintana starting until he, he throws his arm off because you have to get innings somewhere. And if he pitches, obviously, like he did during the home opener, which was a great start for him, you know, have some more of those, Jose, and, and, and we'll trade you off to a contender. and. Maybe you can, you know, sail off into the sunset with a a World Series trophy or something, or at least a playoff run. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's between it's between Brubaker and, and Wilson for me. Thompson had done some relief work last year and, and was very successful in it. Um, I think they want to see a little bit, little bit more run with him and Bryce Wilson as well. I, I think that probably, in, in my eyes, I hate to say it. Actually pitched so well at the beginning of last year is Brubaker, and and that's where I'm thinking like Shelton is going into those guys and saying you know, yeah you're a starter now but if you get bumped to the you know to the bullpen, you can still you know contribute to this team you can still be a major league baseball player I mean how many guys you know come up through their their college system or whatever and they're like you know you're the closer or you're you're seeing it a little bit more nowadays but not when these guys were in college and these guys were in high school no all these guys were starters and you all want to take the the ball you all want to take it like you know game 7 of the world series or you know when it's when you know a playoff spot is on the line like you that's what the way that they're built but going into there and and you know Will Crow has you know over his his first, I think it's only like nine or so innings. So I don't want to like, you know, be like, this is, you know, this is the answer, but it could be for some of these guys. I mean, they've obviously had success in the majors in in small sample sizes and at times, and especially Brubaker at the beginning of last year, That there's no reason why he couldn't fill in to be, you know, kind of like a crow role. And, And that's not a failure. That's where kind of this, some of this stuff has to go is that, you know, you have to find guys that can be contributors in different ways and in different places. Obviously, you need – I mean, you need at least one of those guys. You need one of Keller, Brewbaker, Wilson, or Thompson in my eyes to come out of this season as a success.
0: As a legitimate starter. You, you need that. Yeah. You're right. And what you're talking about, just so we don't lose the point here, a lot of teams during builds – that's what happens. There's a guy that you originally think is going to be a starting pitcher and they don't end up being a starting pitcher. The Brewers did that years ago. Josh Hader was going to be a starter. He was drafted to be a starter. It just didn't. It it just never worked out that way. He became a guy that they could, they could pitch in the seventh in a high leverage situation. They could pitch in the ninth. In fact, they, they rotate around who's closing games and who's coming in for stuff. That's a philosophy that has worked well for them. At certain times during their their arc, when they came out of their build, they went on a, a little playoff run here or there. I don't know exactly where they're going to end up at this year, but I mean, but that was that was a philosophy that they used. Uh, the Chicago White Sox have Reynaldo Lopez, who for two years was one of their top three starters during that rebuild. And I'm sure their fan base convinced that Reynaldo Lopez is going to be an everyday starter. And now he's kind of doing what Contreras is doing for this team right now, uh, where he, you know, a couple of innings here and there, you know, he can be available for a start, and, but he's not one of their five starters. Even though they got all these injuries out there, he just never panned out for them as being a starter, but he's a major league baseball player. The Rays are littered with pitchers that oh, yeah. become relief pitchers and then become starting pitchers. Josh Fleming, here's a guy that one day is is a regular starter and a month later is an opener, and then all of a sudden he's coming out in the sixth inning. I- I've seen him use so many different ways over the last couple of years, and and when you talk about the fact that now the Pirates are getting some raise influence when it comes to how they're using their pitching staff, it makes sense. It makes sense what Shelton said, and it also makes sense that these guys aren't guaranteed a spot in the rotation, and their role could change month to month, definitely, year to year. So you better perform... Or otherwise, it'll be next guys getting a chance to be in that role. Yeah, because Chris, how
1: many times do you see a team, like, develop a starting rotation? And I'm not talking about, like, you know, a couple guys in the starting rotation, but develop, like, an entire, you know, here's your here's your top five down the line starting rotation. Like The Braves.
0: The Braves in the 90s. That was pretty much yeah. it, right? The Braves in the 90s kind of developed a rotation, and then John Smoltz became a closer eventually anyway. Like that, right. I mean, like that's, that's really, I mean, that's the first one that pops into my head, but it's not a normal thing, especially now in the modern game. It's not.
1: Yeah. So when, when like people are like doing their, you know, their fun futuristic, you know, what's going to be our rotation in three or four years. And it's like, what's going to be Rowanzi, and it's going to be Priester. And it's going to be Majinski and it's going to be Burroughs. And we're going to just going to have all these horses and all this kind of stuff. And, And I mean, maybe, you know, one of those guys can pan out to be that way, but it almost seems like that. You know, Ben Sherrington and company are you know hedging their bets that more than likely, you know, you're gonna get a lot of you know patchwork guys. It you're gonna get a lot of guys that can go three innings here and there, but if they're overexposed too much, or there's guys that you know aren't great. I you know their their first inning if if they happen if they have to open up like you know th- they need to come in you know, in different situations or, you know, be pulled in to just finish off an inning and, and maybe start the next inning. So, like, like, I feel like that's the direction that it's going. It's, believe me, it's not as fun as when I was younger and you're, you're hoping for a guy to, you know, throw a perfect game or, you know, a no-hitter or something like that. But when you're looking to just build a winner, I mean, it's it's an interesting way to do it. Uh, but for me, it's it's like you're looking, you're going to have to have moving parts constantly because we've talked about before, Chris, that like, you know, bullpens are the last thing you build, you know, at the end of the rebuild. You put that all together because, but now it's like, okay, now you're making a fluid pitching staff where like everybody's kind of like a bullpen to a degree. Even if they're in, in the first three innings, like they're technically a starter, but in essence, they could pitch any three innings in that game and you'd be considered a long reliever. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, but like you said, watch out for Contreras and where he shows up uh, and who he's
0: behind. He's like the first guy that I'm super excited about because Mitch Keller yeah. just makes me... I, until I see Mitch Keller do something consistently, I don't care how hard he's throwing the ball. I really don't care. I, I, seriously. Seriously. I was told this is a brand new Mitch Keller, and what am, what am I looking at? And I know it's only two games, and I know things can change very quickly. And I know that, like, hey, you know, once he gets a couple of months in, you're going to be you're going to be eating your words, Chris. But I'm looking at a guy right now who's got a a whip, a walks and hits per innings pitched of 2.348. That's laughable. A 9.39 yeah. ERA. Again, it's only over seven and two-thirds innings, only two starts. He didn't get a lot of innings in there, but he looks terrible right now. And so I was told, I was told, I was promised that there was going to be something different here. But until I see it, I I just don't believe it. Until I see JT Brubaker snap back into what he was uh, last year early on, I don't believe it. Jose Quintana is not part of your long-term solution. Bryce Wilson has not shown me anything that he can, he can be something. He's only 24, so you don't want to give up on him yet, but I haven't seen it yet. Like I said, I, I think Zach Thompson, out of the, the five starters right now, is the guy I'm most confident in this year. And his ceiling is probably a four-starter. Do you really think he's going to end up at the top of a rotation? Like, he's a three-to-four starter. That's his ceiling. He's not a, a high-rotation guy. So in reality, Contreras is the first guy that I'm sitting there just kind of waiting for and and I don't know if it's because there's been so many other failures ahead of him that you're just waiting for something good to happen. I don't know if he's good enough to be that guy. I mean, are we really waiting for Priester? Are we going pitching shopping at some point? And I think that might be why the Pirates are looking at a different way of doing things because they don't have one clear-cut top three starter on their staff. They don't have one. They got a guy who I think is a four in Zach Thompson. <laughs> and, they, and they got a bunch of potential that hasn't panned out yet and a bunch of minor leaguers that we don't know until they get here. That's what they have. But they are building a fairly good bullpen. All right? Will Crow looks good. All right? Uh, David Bednar, still good. I'm not seeing anything that's making me worried about him. I am impressed with Banda. I, I, I think, you know, I mean, like, he's gone out and he's had, what, four times he's coming into the game? He's doing fairly well. He's keeping guys off base. I yeah. like that. So there, there, there's guys on this team. You hurry, even with two games that he's gone out there. He's he hasn't looked bad when he's been out there. He's actually been doing fairly well. That the only thing that I, the only hope that I have is Mitch Keller is unlucky because his fielding independent pitching is a 4.66 compared to his 9.39 ERA. Right? Like yeah, maybe. But we've heard, but we've heard that song and dance before.
1: Right. I mean, it's. It's like his, his ERA and his FIPs have like flipped like every year, and it's like one of them is showing how he's going to be good. And at this point, it's like, well, okay, just just be good then. Right. Like, just be good. I'm tired. I'm tired of figuring out like why you should be good or how you can be good. Like,
0: just just kind of be good. Let's talk about the guy. Let's talk about the guy that's on the team with him, Jose Quintana, the 33 year old, the veteran that you brought in. Jose Quintana, go look up his baseball card or go to baseball reference or fan graphs, wherever you go when you look up stats, go look him up and look at the the way he pitched and wonder to yourself why he never won a Cy Young award because he was on bad teams and he, he, he would hold teams to like one run over like eight innings and his team would score no runs. They would never score for him. I mean, he's a fun guy to look up, like to really do a deep dive and be like, how many runs were scored by his offense when he would be on the mound, especially when he was a really good pitcher. That's bad luck. See, that's the kind of bad luck I can understand. Okay. You're on a team that's struggling. You're on a team that sucks defensively. You're on a team that doesn't score a lot of runs, but you're a really good pitcher, but you're actually going to have more losses than wins. That's bad luck in my mind. But that, that, does, that also means he was a really good pitcher, right? And that's why he was yeah. sought after. That's why the Cubs acquired him when they were trying to make a second World Series run. They wanted him because he was a good pitcher in a bad situation. That is not what Mitch Keller is. Mitch Keller's not a guy that's going out there doing something amazing and he's got a terrible team around him. Mitch Keller's terrible. <laughs> like, like, like JT Brubaker so far this year. This is not bad luck. That's some really bad pitching. So, I mean, like, these are things that I understand the fact that the manager is like, none of you are guaranteed anything because you all suck. Like, I mean, I hope that it was more like if it wasn't like a mean conversation when he said that in spring training. Imagine the conversation in two months when he sits down with these guys and he goes, hey, you're lucky you're not selling peanuts in the stands. That's how bad you are. So, I mean, like whatever they can do, they got to figure it out. I mean, this is it. It's, It's now or never. And, and hopefully the next wave is coming in here to start pushing some of these guys out if they can't figure it out.
1: yeah and and we've talked about before how we know that the, you know the hitting's been above the pitching, but I mean, even at that, like it, it, the hitting hasn't shown up at the major league level either. I mean outside oh, whatever of you don't like Brian, Hayes you don't like, and Brian you Reynolds. Don't like
0: Michael Chavis and he's just going out there and killing it whenever he gets up to the plate because you talk so much crap about him. Okay, and his
1: completely sustainable two ninety four WRC yeah, plus. Yeah, I mean, that's him for the yeah, rest of the eight year. Eight for
0: sixteen on the season, man. He's hitting five hundred. He's got a fourteen thirty one OPS just a week and a half into the season. You're you're eating your words. I mean, look, here's the thing. What makes that funny is his stats are going to go down, and I think some of these pitchers are going to get better. Okay, I, yeah, it's early in the season. This is the time of year, like when you would go with your dad, and it's like April or like early May. And he's telling you that so-and-so is a great player. And you're looking up there going, but he's hitting like 140, Dad. And he's like, ah, it's the beginning of the season. Relax, right? Or you're looking at a guy who's a utility player, but you're eight years old. And you're like, he must be really good. He's hitting 360. And your father's like, he's had 30 at bats already. That's it. It's like the beginning of May, he barely plays. He's really not that good. The stats are deceiving early on. So I do think some of this is going to even out. I do think some of these pitchers are going to get better. You're going to see things improve, and they got to take it one game at a time. And I do think some of the guys that are hitting really well will come back to earth. I do think guys that aren't showing any power might find some. I don't know if Yoshi's done. I mean, I know you're frustrated with him, okay? I, and you're really aggravated with him early on. He's at 29 at-bats, you know? And there's all kinds of superstars in Major League Baseball right now that are hitting under 200 uh, a week and a half into the season. So I wouldn't get too excited about it.
1: Yeah, I just get frustrated when I'm just like, okay, Yoshi was was kept for this amazing power that he had. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, dude doesn't have an extra base hit yet. Like he's like, he's hitting like these bloop singles. Like the, he's hitting against the shift. Like I, he's doing like a lot of good baseball things that I've seen him do. But it's just like, dude, you are here for one reason and one reason only. And that is to hit the ball as hard as you can as far as you can, as many times as you can. Like, I don't care if you can hit against the shift. Because we have you for this year, and if we're going to get anything back for you, you need to hit the ball for power because nobody wants, you know, a, a guy that his size and and with his ability level that can, like, plunk, like, dink and dunk against the shift. So that's my only frustration with him. It's... And he's and I'm I'm not even like really frustrated with him. Uh, I'm only frustrated with Josh Van Meter on this team right now, and that's still about it. I've seen some goofy lineups like Hoy Park has not played great, and maybe isn't earning you know much more playing time. Uh, Diego Castillo, you know everybody's darling, and and somebody who we were you know kind of happy has come back down to earth at least a little bit, but is still playing like a major league baseball player. But in this time right now, I mean, you see guys like, you know, Jake Marisnik, you know, picked up off the streets pretty much. Ben Gamble picked up off the streets last year, and they're outperforming a lot of these guys because they are professional baseball players. They may not be, you know, top-of-the-line professional baseball players, but they've shown that they can have careers and they can be contributors to teams and on a rebuilding club, like, we will start to get entranced with players like Ben Gamble and Jake Marisnyk and this and think about, like, what we can do with them. And the answer is not much because they are – I mean, Gamble's a little bit younger. Marisnyk's moving into the twilight of his career. Gamble's, like, towards that. And he's guys – these type of guys you need on your team. But the bad part is, is when, like, you know – they're the best players on your team. Like, the guys you that you bring in to plug holes shouldn't be the best players on your team. And so that's why, if Michael Chavis has to make me eat crow, I will gladly eat crow, because he's a guy that if he ends up performing well, then it's like, you know what, Ben Charrington, you got him for pretty much nothing. Thank you. Like, that was awesome. But around the the team, I'm just looking, and and that's just kind of what I see. And it's almost like what happened last year. It's like this thing that we got into—that how great Ben Gamel was, because of the players that he was competing against in the outfield outside of Brian Reynolds. Well, it's the same thing again. Gamel looks great. You know, Mariznick looks great. Vogelback, who we have for two years, looks kind of serviceable because he's a major league baseball player. But at some point in time, it, it can't be all made up of like these guys that are you know, just above replacement level players. They're not even like a two-war everyday player, and they're looking like the best players on our team. Something else has to change, at least down the line a little bit. I'm kind of rambling, but that's, that's just where my mindset is at.
0: You know, before you get yourself too excited about how bad a player is playing to start the season, or how good they're playing to start the season, I just punched in the random team Houston Astros just now, and I brought up their their stats through the beginning of the season. Uh, Do you believe that Jose Altuve is a 156 hitter? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Do you believe that Yuli Gurriel, their, their, their stud uh, first base slash DH is going to hit 167 this year. Do you you think that's going to happen? With no home no, runs, man. with no home runs. All right, and then do you believe that Jeremy Pena, who is now their shortstop, who's more of a defensive specialist and not really an offensive player, is going to keep up his 345 clip with his OPS a hair under one thousand? No, it's,
1: yeah, yeah no. These numbers are, they they just get like so it, it. And I try to I try to not fall into that trap, but sometimes I'm just like Yoshi. Hit the ball hard. That's why you're here. Why are
0: you so bad? Do something. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a long season of you doing that. It's going to be a really long season of you doing that. I can't help myself. Now
1: I see the changes in this town. They change, they say,
0: one thing without.